Morning, morning. How are we doing? I, look, I reckon it took about five seconds for the kids to clear out. And this time was just for you to gas bag and stuff. Uh, who thinks it's good to connect though? Yeah, it's good to connect. It's good to chat. If you really want to connect for a little bit longer, if you come at 9.30, the coffee machine is on. And you guys can hang. We can hang from 9.30 together. And if you're even more keen, if you come at quarter past nine, you can join us in prayer together. We get together every Sunday morning at 9.15 to pray together. You would have noticed that you have a little lavender. Is that that colour? Lilac, lavender, about the same thing. Uh, You have a card on your seat that says prayer and praise. Now, we as a church family want to make sure that we're, you know, supporting each other, that we're connecting together. And we know that there are people who have prayer needs and we want to pray for you. We want to do that together. We also know that there's some people with some things that they want to praise God for, some to celebrate. And we want to celebrate together as well. So if you have a prayer, if you have something that you want to praise God for, write it on the card, put it in. There's like a little basket up the back. Put it in there and we'll make sure that we get it out to prayer teams. But even more so, who thinks it'd be great every week if we had whoever's emceeing to be reading out a heap of praise together? Don't you think that would be a time that's uplifting? And so we want to right now praise God for a couple of things. Right now, Roz Blakeney is sitting right here. Roz went through some surgery a few weeks ago, but we praise God that she's here today and we praise God for how well that recovery has gone so far. So we we give God all praise in that. We've been praying and it's on the card. Oh, she's already written on the card. Yeah. Look, uh, in the same vein, we, we also have some prayer needs at the moment across our church. And we're grateful that Kevin's here this morning with us, but he's actually spent the week in bed with really bad back pain, uh, a pinched nerve. And we, we want to pray for Kevin right now as a whole church family. So let's pray. Let's do it. God, you are good and you're a, you're, a, you're a healer. And God, you created the whole universe and you knit us together. And so we thank you, God, that you're also a healer, that you can restore us. And we pray that right now over Kevin's body, God. We, we pray that you heal him in the name of Jesus. We thank you that the power that, that rose you from the dead is available today and now. And we pray that over Kevin's body right now in Jesus' name. God, we just pray uh, as... Uh, This week kind of commences that he would be well enough uh, to get x-rays and and other support needed. Um, We thank you that you're a good God. Um, We thank you that you have us like held firmly in your hand, that you care for us. And we pray for that in the name of Jesus right now. Amen. Amen. Uh, Who's enjoyed being together already this morning? Anyone? Yeah, Yeah. Jack. I'm so happy to see you, Jack. Uh, okay, I'm, I know I mentioned uh, actually Jacob. Where's, Jacob mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to revisit it very quickly. Uh, isn't English a silly language? All right, English is a silly language. Who knows that English is like a mix of a whole heap of different source languages that we've put together, and it's weird. And I think that 
as my kids have learned to read, I've noticed even more how bizarre our language actually is, right? Is anyone else? Yeah? Yeah, 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 good. Anybody speak a second language? Oh, I know Esther does. Uh, Some German? Oh, look at that. Anybody do German in school? Yeah, German. Yeah, yeah, that's about the extent. Uh, Anyway, uh, English is a silly language. And it must be, like it's hard for my kids to learn how to read, let alone imagine if you came into the country and you, like English was your second language. It's a bizarre language to learn. One of the confusing things that I discovered with my kids is, uh, and they learn to read phonetically, right? Like the sounds that the letters produce. But who knows that the same spelling can actually have different sounds? We can have different words that are spelled different and have the same sounds. Some of our English words, they're the same, but they're different, right? They can have different meanings. Now, I, I am here today to teach you, all right? Anybody, anybody keen to get back in the English classroom? My favourite classroom. It wasn't my favourite classroom. I would do maths over English, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. English, right? Uh, I'm giving you a lesson. I've got a slide to explain three. Oh, not yet, Soby. Not yet, not yet. I've got three words. Whoa, whoa. We're going to talk about homophones, homonyms, and homographs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know Sarah Haley would know for sure. Josh, do you want to come up and teach the class? I know. Yeah, that's what you say when someone isn't paying attention, right? So pay attention or I might get you up here. Okay, so there's these three things. Homophones, homonyms, homographs. And I've got a little slide. I, graphs, sure. We're in Adelaide. Graphs, homographs. Uh, can we get the slide up now, Sobes? Now, come on. There we go. All right. Now it is, let me just warn you, it is American. Susie's already told me off. But a homophone, right, is... The same sound but different spelling. There's a couple examples, no and no. See, they sound the same, but we know that they're different words. They're, they mean different things. Eight and eight, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, poor and poor. You, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a homophone. A homonym is the same sound with the same spelling, but they mean different things. Yeah? Yeah. Now, we don't spell tyre like that. That's where Susie told me. I would say, this is dumb. This is rubbish. Throw it in the bin. Uh, but, but do you get it? And then homograph, same spelling, different sound. It, this is where it's really confusing. Did you not have this? Did your teacher not teach you right? Oh. <laughs> so, same spelling, different sound. Bass or bass, that's a fish, right? Uh, Bow or bow, tear, tear. Anyway, there we go. So who already feels like you've learned something today? It was worth coming today. Wrap it up. I'm getting you to wrap it up. We've had enough. Homophone, uh, homosin or something, homonym, homograph. All right. 
Okay, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing an English lesson at church. No, no, we're, we're going to be... We're going to be looking at what, what is the church together. What is the church? We're going to look at it together. What, what is it? What, uh, who are we as the church? And what is the church for? And next two weeks, we, we're pretty blessed in that uh, we have Megan and Sam Elms teaching over the next two weeks, which I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Um, it also means I'm away for the next two weeks. I, I'm away at this course in Sydney again. I'm so, so sorry, but you guys are going to have a great time without me. That's, that's excellent. But I've mentioned Sam and Megan. I wonder, can you guys, do you guys want to come up here just for two seconds? Um, I, I just want to take, yeah, just Megan and Buddy. Yeah, just want to take a couple of seconds. These guys, yeah, next two weeks they're going to be teaching. Who knows, who loves listening to both Megan and Sam? The passion that Megan brings, the wisdom that Sam brings. Uh, I I just want to take two seconds to honour these two people before you. Um, They've led our youth ministry now for a couple of years. And and what, what we're seeing and who loves praise at the moment? actually seeing our whole church family together. Um, These guys have done a phenomenal job with our youth ministry on Friday nights. Um, And and I want to just say right now that that this is a significant time for our youth ministry. We've just, of course, we've just been on a camp. We've talked about that. It's the start of a new term. But... um, but I'm believing that this is a really significant time for Rev Youth. Um, just want to, again, honour and acknowledge these guys. These guys have led through what we'd call a pruning season. When they started, uh, we, had, we had moved here to a different location. Uh, we, through that lo- different location, we, we saw quite a number of young people not as connected because we'd changed neighbourhoods. And pruning seasons can sometimes seem like a really hard time. Um, But the purpose of a pruning, actually, it it does seem ludicrous that you would cut back a tree or a bush that's producing fruit, that you would cut it back. It just seems, it's kind of a bit mental, right? But what pruning does, it is that it allows for new growth. And actually, pruning means that you can have more fruit than ever before. And so, uh, you guys want to honour you, you've led through the pruning. And I believe and know that we're going to see new growth. Uh, in fact, we're seeing the buds of the new growth already. Um, and, and I just think as a church, not, not just for these guys, I want to tell you that we have an amazing leadership team at Rev uh, and people who have served our young people and, and continue to in JREV. How good's that? But we're seeing the buds of new growth. Can you see it? Are you excited for it? Are we, we want to pray that blessing over these guys and honour them as they lead it, but we're going to pray for, for more growth. That this might be a time where God keeps producing fruit. Not just fruit that lasts for a bit, but fruit that lasts for a long time, long-lasting fruit. Let's, let's pray for these guys. You might want to outstretch your hands. God, um, we thank you. You are good. You're a God who grows. 
You, you're not interested in, in things dying. You're interested in things being alive and restored and growing again. And we pray over Rev Youth right now that these new buds might grow into full fruit. Fruit that reproduces again and again and again. And we pray over Sam and Megan's leadership. We thank you for who they are, what they've led through a hard and pruning time. And we thank you that uh, we can have full faith that you're a God who will complete what has started. God, I thank you for the whole youth team. I thank you for this church, that this is a church where we want to be able to support and, and, and grow healthy young people. Bless uh, Sam, Megan and their family. We pray that uh, you bless Megan's body right now as she's growing another being. Um, more fruit, yeah, more buds. Yeah, God, we, we just pray we thank you for them. Bless them in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, God. Like, can we give it up for Sam and Megan? Like, yeah. And if you're, and if you're part of that youth team, pat yourselves on the back. You guys are doing an amazing job. Um, sorry, that was just a second. I just thought it was worth us as a church bringing forward those guys. They're going to be preaching, so it's worth coming the next two weeks to listen to Sam and Megan, all right? Cool. Uh, back to this whole homonym thing, all right? I, there's a point and a purpose. Uh, so this word church, church, it's a bit of a weird word in that it actually means a few different things. You see, we have church and we have church and there's another church as well. All right, let me explain. You see, we have church, the building, right? We drive past the sentence I would use. So we're back in the English lesson. The sentence I would use is, I drove past a lovely church today, right? We get it? We have church buildings. And so when we say church, we can sometimes mean like a physical building. We then have church, which is the event, right? The meeting together, or, uh, which my, my sentence is, church starts at 10. Everyone? <laughs> church starts at 10. All right. Are you with me? So we talk about, I'm going to church right? And then there's like a third other kind of way we would use church, and that is to identify or to explain the people. The people. So I would say, how are we today, church? Good. See, look, I had three sentences. I, I'm really proud. I think I can pass about grade three. Um, we are the church. We are a community of faith. Today we're going to look at a, a scripture um, from Matthew 16 and we're going to start at verse 13 together. Um, when Jesus came to the region of uh, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, 
that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Can we pray? Let's pray. God, you are good. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it brings truth, that it brings uh, transformation to our lives, that you, you point out things. So we just ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you do that for us. You quicken it to our minds, that you help us understand as a faith community what this scripture means today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. Lead us and guide us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to focus on one little bit that Jesus says in that scripture. He says, I will build my church. This is interesting. I've heard and I've read this scripture throughout my life a whole heap. You know, like like we, we know this scripture for some of us who have kind of grown up in church. We would know this. The disciples, you know, Jesus asking them, who do you say I am? Peter, the rock that Jesus will build the church. But it's only been in the last five years, really, that I noticed fully what Jesus says in the middle of this. Because our focus could quite easily be on Simon Peter. It could be on the disciples. But in the middle of this other train of thought, talking with Peter, we hear Jesus say this. He will build his church. Isn't that good news this morning? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I'm responsible for building God's church. Does anyone ever feel like that? Like, I want to tell you this morning, the good news is that Jesus says he will build his church. Anyone else? Turn to the person next to you and say, I think that's good news. I think that's good news. Now, what I want to explain to you this morning, with with our new knowledge of the English language and of words... I want to explain what Jesus is saying because Jesus isn't saying he's going to construct a building, is he? He's not saying when he says, I'm going to build the church. He's not talking about an event that he is going to put on or a meeting that he is going to gather people together, is he? He's talking about building the church, his people. Can I tell you this morning, the purpose of the church, the purpose of the church is not to grow a building, is it? The purpose of the church is not to grow an event or even to grow the weekly gathering. The purpose, these things, by the way, are really good, right? They're good things. We would love to see God... Build us a new building. Who would love a new uh, new building? That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, or uh, we would love to see, wouldn't you love to see more people gather every week for church together? Oh, like I, That's my dream. I want that to happen. But can I tell you that's not the purpose of the church? Can I tell you the purpose of the church is to grow people? The purpose of the church is to grow people, to build up People. When Jesus says, I will build the church, he's talking about building up people. 
There's, um, there's a story in the Old Testament. There's a book of the Bible called Nehemiah. Does anyone know the story of Nehemiah? Now, uh, Nehemiah is set in a time where the Israelites were exiled into, into Babylon. And some of the exiled people had started to move their way back to Jerusalem. And as they moved back to Jerusalem, word came back to Nehemiah that the walls were in ruin. The city was in ruin. The gates had been burned down and and the walls had been destroyed around Jerusalem. Nehemiah uh, heard that his people, his people were in despair. They were broken and in despair. And he ends up, uh, he ends up, weeping and crying and praying over his people and his city. He ends, up, uh, he ends up petitioning the king, getting before the king. The Holy Spirit gives him some boldness to ask the king for supplies. And he goes back to Jerusalem with the king's permission and he attempts to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now the story goes, there's heaps of opposition, there's lots of trials in the way, but Nehemiah and God's people build the wall. In fact, it says that the wall is even stronger and bigger than it was before. Can I tell you, in that story, we can look at that story and we can think God's purpose was to reconstruct a wall. God's purpose was to build up, you know, a wall and and a gate again. But I want to suggest this morning that actually God's purpose wasn't to build a wall. God's purpose was to build His people. You see, in the middle of building a wall and and all the labour that goes on, what Nehemiah was able to do was unite his people, was able to give them purpose again, a a people who had lost their dignity and purpose, people who were in despair. In the act of rebuilding the wall, what God did was rebuild and restore His people. When it comes to the church, great building and facilities are good for sure. So are great events. And and I place weekly worship so high. But God's purpose for the church, can I tell you this morning, is to rebuild and restore people. Church, as we gather today, God wants to build us up. God wants to restore us. And I want to suggest that the church is the environment in which Jesus builds us. Yeah? The church is the environment in which Jesus builds us. The church is, a, is an ecosystem, right? Stay with me. Now we're into geography. Is that where you're talking about that? Uh, a church is an ecosystem. I like to think of a church like a greenhouse, okay? Does anyone have a greenhouse? I've never had a greenhouse. <laughs> um, but I think I know how they work. Uh, I'm going to use it as an example anyway. A greenhouse is, is kind of meant to grow us and help us mature, right? A greenhouse is a place where we can put plants and let them grow in any season, right? Sometimes if it's, if it's cold, we, we can use a greenhouse because it'll trap the heat in. It'll, it'll still get to the sun. It'll create the right environment 
It's conducive to grow and, and build plants for plants to flourish. Does anyone think that's a great picture of the church? That the church is a greenhouse. Our faith community is something that allows us to grow in all seasons. How good's that? In all seasons. Whether our season might be a season of celebration, the church is a great place for us to grow. Whether our season is a season of grief, can I tell you that even in grief, the church is a great place that we can grow. That even in a season of hardship, the church is a great place to grow. Can I tell you, even in a season of doubt, the church is a great place for us to grow. And in seasons of faith, the church is a great place for us to grow. Can I tell you personally, in my life, nothing, nothing has been more beneficial in following Jesus than the church. And belonging to a community of people, a faith community. It allows us to journey with others. It allows us to raise our questions and our doubts. But it also builds our faith, doesn't it? We get to hear testimony of others as well. I'm aware that there are challenges when it comes to church. (laughs) I can tell you and testify that church has been the place, nothing more beneficial than my growth. But I can tell you I've some of the greatest hurts too, right? But I have an encouragement and a challenge for you today, all right? And I want to start with the encouragement. If the church is Jesus' way to help us grow, can I tell you it's not a human idea, the church? It's not a human idea. The church is birthed by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, wasn't it? The Holy Spirit comes and the people of God can't help but meet together. Can't help but help, like build each other up and support each other. The church is God's way of growing us, of helping us. We can follow Jesus by ourselves. And I'll get to it in a second, but who knows if we do that, it's so hard by ourselves. So my encouragement this morning in whatever season you find yourself in right now, is connect and plug into church. Connect and plug into church. Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews puts it pretty plain and clear for us. In Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, we'll have a look at that. The writer says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Amen. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us us think of ways to motivate each other. Let us think of ways to help each other grow and support each other. Verse 25, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Can I tell you this morning, let's not neglect meeting together. If church is the environment where we're, Jesus has made for us to grow, let's, let's plug in, right? Let's 
connect. Let's get involved with each other. Let's encourage one another. And can I tell you, I'm not talking about church programs right now. I, like, if you've got a mini, come to minis. If you're a teen, come to Rev Youth for sure. We'd love to see you every Sunday together in worship to here. But when I say plug in, connect, I mean invest in each other's lives. I mean look for opportunities to bless one another. Look for opportunities to encourage one another. Look for opportunities to fellowship together. Who loves sharing a meal with someone? How about you invite someone over for a meal? That's a bit of a novel thought, isn't it? Sometimes we think we have to start a church program. Can I tell you that some of the most meaningful conversations happen over meals? Believers getting together as the church, the people of God sharing their experiences. Look for opportunities to honour one another. Do we lift each other up as the church enough? I think we can do more, don't you? Don't you think that we can... Cheer on each other, honour each other far more. I, um, I read an Instagram post this week, oh, Instagram, but it was, a, it was actually an amazing thought. The writer of, of this post was saying, have you ever found the Bible hard to read by yourself? And I think most of us, you know, would admit the Bible can be tough to read by ourselves sometimes. He was suggesting the Bible's supposed to be read in community. That's how, that's how we look back on church history, on, on scripture history. It's meant to be read together. I don't have all the goods of the Holy Spirit. But when we get together, the Holy Spirit can reveal more from scripture together. Am I making sense? Get someone, encourage someone Get together with them. Let's read the Bible together. Let's pray together and, and, uh, and for each other. Yeah? All right. Can I suggest that maybe some of this stuff is a bit easier when things are going well, right? When the kids are behaving, they're not tired. It's a bit easier to kind of connect with people or get to church or... or like it, it can be easier when things are going well. But I want to suggest this morning... That even when things are tough, don't disconnect. As a believer, as a follower of Jesus, when things are tough, don't disconnect. Instead, even through your hurt, even through your doubt, connect, plug in, encourage each other. The church is a place for healing, isn't it? And I mean as a people, not just when we get together, but as a people. The church is a place for healing. The church is a place for unity. It's not an exclusive club. It's not about who's in and who's out, but it's a place for all ages, all backgrounds, all races to join together. Are you with me so far? Plug in, connect. So that's, that's my encouragement. Look for it outside of program, please. Is there someone, even this morning, that the Holy Spirit might be kind of quickening to your mind that you need to just have a meal with? 
that you need to connect with. You may not even know them very well. Wouldn't it be great if we were reaching out, connecting? Don't you think that creates an environment where we can grow together? Say yes, Nath, if you believe it. Good, excellent. Okay, the next one, I so said that's the encouragement. I want to challenge you though as well. Who knows that we should be challenged every week when we get together? There should be a challenge, something that's a little bit uncomfortable for us. I have a question for you this morning. Do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? Do you need to be built up and restored? Can I tell you, we have a God who wants to do that in your life. We have a God who wants you to grow. Who knows that sometimes growth can be very uncomfortable? Did anyone have growing pains as a teen? I remember walking into school and my knees just caning. I, I, don't, I don't, like I, I'll be honest, I didn't grow until year 11. Like, like late, late growth spurt, you know. As you can see, real growth spurt. I'm not sure my voice is even broken. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty sure it's about the same as what it's always been. Uh, anyway, growing pains. Growth actually hurts. Growth can stretch us. Growth can be really uncomfortable. Are you wanting to grow? Do you, do you feel stuck at the moment? I think growth is a time that can be pretty humbling at times. There can be pain associated, can be uncomfortable. But this morning, we have a God who is saying, I want to grow you. I, I, I want to increase. I want you to be fully restored. When, when I grow you, I want you to be like the wall of Jerusalem. I want you to be stronger and bigger than you were before. But there's, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable. You're going to have to humble yourself a little bit. I hate being wrong. Anyone else? I hate being wrong. But when we're asking God to grow us, there's, we have to admit that maybe I don't know everything, right? Maybe the Holy Spirit has something more for us. The challenge this morning is, do you want to grow? Are you willing to put yourself in a position to grow? The first thing that I talked about is, is get connected. That, that puts us in a position. But this morning, are you willing to surrender to God's Holy Spirit? Are you willing to let Him start doing a work and growing you? I'm excited for the next couple of weeks to learn more about the church, our function, who we are as a church, what God wants to do through the church. But I think that this morning's significant. This might be a moment where we surrender, where we humble ourselves and say, God, actually, you, you know better. So in these moments, we're just going to pray. And this might be our surrender moment. This might be a moment where we go, God, I'm going to humble myself before you. And I'm willing to go on the journey of growth that you have for me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your church. 
We thank You for Your plan of the church. We thank You that Your church isn't just a building and it's not just a meeting, but it's who we are as people. We thank You that Your plan and purpose of the church is to grow, is to grow people, to grow us, so that we might come into maturity as followers of Jesus, that we might be able to bear fruit. Right now, we just humble ourselves. We ask Holy Spirit, grow us, challenge us, stretch us. We um, quite often, uh, we talk about doing things in the physical to represent what's happening in the spiritual. And in these moments, like I love the physical kind of action of putting out our hands to receive what God has for us, but also like a submitting, laying down what we have to Jesus and saying, come and do what you need to do. Start to grow. So I just invite you just for the next 30 seconds. We're just going to, if you want to, put out your hands. An act of surrender, of laying down what we have. In whatever season we're in, in whatever circumstance that we're in. And right now we admit, God, that we don't know everything. And we ask, God, that you might build us and grow us as a church. That you might build us and grow us as people. Stretch us, challenge. God, we want to see increase. We want to see your fruit evident in our lives. Holy Spirit, come this morning. We invite you because, God, you're a gentleman. You don't force your way, but you're waiting for our invitation. And we invite you. Over the next few weeks, we invite you to grow us. God, we thank You that You're good. We thank You that Your purposes are good. We thank You that Your plan for our lives is good. Come and grow Your church. Thank You for those words that You will build Your church. We're going to sing together a song that is very familiar to us, Goodness of God. Once again, we, we thank God for His goodness, His faithfulness in our, in our lives. That He's been faithful in the past, that He's going to be faithful into the future, isn't He? Is there an amen to that? Here we go. Yes. I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going we're to sing together.